Good morning. Welcome to the Self Love Show. We are broadcasting live today, Thursday, 10 a.m. with you. It's right before the holidays, right before Christmas, and we're so excited to be with you. In case you're new here, I'm Dawn Light, and this is Trish Wright. Today's topic is navigating the holidays with love, and we're just so grateful for the show we want to really, um, before I read about today's topic, I just want to say thank you for those that tune in live always with us. We're so grateful for you and your presence in our life. And, you know, this show has been such a powerful impact for us working together and just all the love and the devotion that goes into this show is incredible. And we're so grateful for for this opportunity, for what this show is, and just the bandwidth of work that has come out of this more than two two years now, two and a half years, however long it's been. And, uh, you know, we do have a YouTube channel and we're on all the podcast platforms for those that need to know that. And, you know, thank you again for tuning in. And we just want to say, you know, if you feel led at all to be generous and donate to us, we are putting the link in the chat for you to do so because this is a labor of love for us. We pour our love, time, and money into this. And we'd be so grateful just to receive any type of donation you feel called to support this show to continue. We are so grateful for you and any contribution you do want to give. Thank you. And, um, you know, it's a really tender time, the holidays. And we're, you know, this topic, Trish and I talked about it and we were like, gosh, this is such an important topic because, you know, when we are around people in our family, our family of origin can trigger us. That's where our core work is with the family unit we're born into can bring up so much for us. So I'm going to read our, our um, invitation into the conversation today. So the holiday season can be an overwhelming and difficult time of year. But with an awareness of compassion, boundaries, and nonviolence, these challenges may be easier to navigate. Finding ways to show up in love and compassion when dealing with family members is key. And not only will this create a healthier environment for everyone involved, but it will also allow everyone the chance to recognize their needs and set healthy boundaries. Being mindful of potential triggers is also essential, making sure to be extra gentle and compassionate for any emotions that may arise. In setting clear boundaries, you will also help create an environment of mutual respect and openness. With respect for oneself and others at the forefront, compassion is oftentimes the best approach to maintaining peace during turbulent situations. Gentleness with both yourself and those around you allows for space and understanding that can further lead to compassion-filled outcomes. Showing compassion for yourself over the holidays is especially important as you are faced with challenges throughout the season. And if you are loving the self-love show, again, I just want to invite you to welcome you to donate to us. We would be so grateful. That keeps our show going, helps us take care of the VAs and all the amazing back-end support that goes on for this show. And so without further ado, we're so grateful for your tuning in today. I'm going to invite Trish into the conversation. So how has this been, how has this been for you? I know that the holidays, you know, can bring up difficult things, difficult times for, for those. And for those that have great holiday times, we are celebrate you. But those that have maybe more challenging family members that, you know, we just have to be with and be in compassion with ourselves and them if they have radical different viewpoints, right? And, you know, that that's the thing. Like, you know, when we were talking about this show and what to talk about, it you know, my heart and my mind often goes to to family members who are in either like broken homes or have ha- unresolved traumas or maybe are having um, facing something really extreme. Yeah, like unresolved issues. Yeah, and and a lot of LGBTQIA plus youth or 
um, interracial marriages with family members who don't share the same loving beliefs, like, or political beliefs. Like there, there's a lot to where people get really like solid in their opinion and in their, their values and their beliefs. And they often want to project or, or like push people into agreement. Um, and, and, you know, I just, my heart goes out there. Like, so sometimes I'm thinking about, you know, I belong to a group on Facebook here. I'll just say, um, I belong to this group on Facebook where, um, there is, it's like stand in family for LGBTQIA plus people. It, there was, I belonged to one about youth, like people who want, um, like youth who want like big brothers or big sisters or, or big siblings mm-hmm. and um, mentorship in that realm. And then there's like stories that I read on this other one that is just like, hey, my dad doesn't believe in my, my, my marriage and he's not walking me down the aisle will someone walk me down and like the outpouring of support where people will like give their, they'll be like, this is what I can do for you. And this is how I can show up and I can be your stand in dad, or I can be your stand in mom, or I can be your stand in parent. And, and I think about that often in the sense of holidays, because there's so much heavy pressure for perfection, for sweetness, for everyone to get what they want. And, and it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, just this picture perfect, picture perfect idea of what the holidays should be when it's not that way for every family or every situation, you know. And we just want to have compassion and mm-hmm. bring compassion. And how do you show up in in a family member situation where you're still there's still conflict between a brother or a sister, a sibling or a, an aunt or an uncle or a mom or a dad or a grandparent, or, you know, maybe there's unresolved trauma or unresolved triggers, or maybe that person in always mentions your weight, or maybe a person will always mention your, your spouse who's a different race. Like, like there's just like a lot involved, right? There's yeah. lots of poking. There's lots of posture. Like it's just, a lot. So anybody who's listening and watching and you have these experiences, you're welcome to type it in. We, we might not read them today as, as this is, you know, we're just going to kind of move through this conversation, but it's also, I see you and I, and I understand Don and I, we understand that it can be difficult. It, it can be crunchy. And, and this is why the show's here is to say, Hey, it cannot look like the Hallmark or the um, what's the soup uh, Campbell's soup commercial <laughs> or, or, you know, like the Coca-Cola commercial where everyone's like, Oh, and maybe you're feeling alone. Maybe you've radically changed your life and you've separated yourself from all of your past experiences. Maybe you just got out of rehab and you no longer can be friends with any of your old friends or your family and you're feeling alone. We see you. Aloneness can actually be a huge, I mean, it's statistically known amongst the holidays that aloneness is a huge, a huge thing for people, that people feel alone. And then there are actually people that many of their family members are not with them. And so they do, they do navigate those waters. And we just want to really bring love to you and let you know that you're, you're seen, you're valued, you're held. And we just invite in spirit to support you deeply through this time and to really know in your bones that you're supported, even know, even if you're challenged by your curriculum at this time or your circumstances or whatever is occurring in your environment, that you can choose love, that you can find love within your being because you are love, love's presence. Yes. Um, and just on that note, because I think it's also really important, especially around this time period is that if you're feeling sad or, emotionally overwhelmed or feeling like you want to harm yourself, you can also call the crisis text line. So you can text brave B R A V E at seven, four, one, seven, four, one, or you can call the national suicide prevention lifeline at one, eight hundred two, seven, three talk. And and I think that's just important to bring up because it is a, can be a sad, dark time and please reach out to people, reach out to us, 
reach out to each other, write notes. If you're feeling alone and dark and like there's no one out there, you just maybe, maybe your anxiety is lying to you. I know that mind can do that. Uh, and, and, and see if you can just ping someone. I know it can be scary, but just reach out to someone because someone loves you. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Just reach out. That's like the number one step forward in taking care of yourself is actually saying, hey, can, can we have a conversation? I'm really needing some support. And maybe <laughs> just on a realm of navigating the holidays with love, and we are the self-love show, navigating this with love is don't pick the triggeriest person. So if you know a person doesn't show up for you in a way that like I'm feeling really sensitive right now and I need someone to hold me, pick the person who has the most compassion and understanding for you rather than the person maybe you want to go for. Maybe you know, you're the person who you want that person to show up and they just can't or don't have the capacity. That's a really compassionate approach right there is to, to really like who has the capacity to hold me and the, what I am in and, and really reach out there. Um, and if you don't have anyone, you're welcome to reach out here. <sighs> I wanted to, okay. So let, let's just like run into a couple situations. Um, you have conflict with someone in your family or grandma always mentions your weight or your lack of weight or your lack of partner or your lack of whatever. All right, grandma. <laughs> I'm using someone like my grandmothers are amazing. They don't ever ask me these things. It's always just so sweet. Um, but you know, you know what I mean? It's like, you can add whoever it is here for this Blank person will talk to you about the the most triggery, upsetting thing known to you. Like, you know it. She knows it, but she's still going to do it anyway. How do you deal with that? Want to take us away for starters? Yeah. Well, for me, you know, I, I immediately direct the conversation. It's like, oh, it's interesting you bring that forward. You know, and then I pause, I'll have a pause literally with them about it to give them space to realize like, oh, you know, that you have them a moment to think like, hmm, is this conversation going to be supportive of me? You know what I mean? Like I, I'm thinking that inside and I will literally just invite them into a whole different kind of conversation. I'm like, you know, I'm not quite ready to really share about that. Thank you for asking, but how are you? Why don't you tell me how you are? That's a great you know, and, then, and that gives that, that's like speaking directly to their question. It's not avoiding it. It's like, you know, thank you for asking. I'm not quite ready to share about that part of my life. I, I love that you, you said that and you bring it back to them. Um, I, some, this is how I say that. I say, what are you really asking? Or what do you want me to know about this exact question? Or can you explain that more? Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, yes. that question, the, the question of, can you share that more is often what I use for people who say racist or sexist things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes I was just sharing this in the car a couple nights ago. I was like, oftentimes when someone says something particularly sexist about either my body or, or something that's like, what on earth? Why would you say that? Or someone, someone says something racist or dehumanizing in general. I'll just go, eh, or ew. And, and that's like a paragraph, <laughs> right? Like, ooh. And then, and then Listen, I'll know that your viewpoint is, is very radically different our viewpoints are very radically different. It's not exactly shamey. It's just, it's a physical reaction to my body. And I'm not like, Ugh. and then I'll say, I don't understand what you mean by that. Can you please explain? And oftentimes when someone says something that's, that's particularly degrading or sexist, if they have some self-awareness, they, and they start kind of digging themselves into the, the conversation, they might stop and be like, oh. it often once you start digging into someone's perspective, they can really start to see how kind of not appropriate dinner conversation that might be. Now let's say that does happen. And the person is just full on going for it. Let's say, let's say grandma 
somebody's grandma. I have the most, I have the most lovely grandma. <laughs> I just want you to know grandma Rosie is amazing. And she says things like the wind blew like the Dickens. Oh, is she so cute? Oh my God. It's, so this is not my grandma, <laughs> but it might be yours. <laughs> but, so she's like, so, so grandma says, darling Trish, you, you look like you've gained weight. Grandma, what do you want me to know about that? What are you really, what do you really want me to know? Like, is there something there? Oh, well, I'm worried about your health. See again. So it's like coming up into something that she like, Oh, grandma, it might not be appropriate when you talked about my weight. I don't want to share about my weight. It's, it's actually, it doesn't make me feel good when you mention my weight. It actually feels really shamey and guilting and judgmental. And it doesn't make you a safe person for me to talk to. Bam, powerful. And I love you, grandma. I want to have good times with you. And I want to share intimately with you. So what do you really want me to know? Mm-hmm. And let's say grandma will say something about, gosh, why don't you have a partner? When are you going to have kids? Grandma, I love you. And I might not have kids. You know, things like being really lovingly direct without being pointed or making them wrong or bad. Again, that person has their whole life and their whole perspective and their whole everything that it's, it's really sharing from me, right? And what do you say a lot of the times it's, it's, it's a fear that's driving their pointed kind of, you know, like I find that to be true in, in conversations. I'll bring this forward. So this, this actually happened at Thanksgiving. Um, A family member brought forward their, their viewpoints around, you know, um, health and like health, the health need to actually she brought forward the the need for that brought up a story about a woman and her children and like how important it is for her to make these specific health choices. And I don't need to go into the details of what the health choices were, but it was like really, really pushy, really pushing the need to like, see, this is why you need to do this. And it was like pointed towards us in and in, in directing it like we needed to make these types of health choices. And I, I said to him, I said, oh, I find it, you know, interesting what you're bringing forward. It sounds like you're really concerned about her. As, and, and I brought it back to his original topic around what he, he was trying to use fear as a, as a driving force to, to scare us into his belief system. But the truth is, I just said, wow, it sounds like you really are, you're very, you know, interested in her and, you know, concerned. I said, I hear your concern about her because she's, you know, struggling with whatever's going on in her life and two small children. And I really can hear how, how afraid you are for her right now. It, what would you like to do to support her? And, and I her told her decisions. And I moved the whole conversation back to back to him and back to his original content, which was about this woman and her children and her, her, you know, choices. And I was like, wow, it sounds like, would you like to maybe set up a food tree or it sounds like she's in need, you know, and I hear your concern there. And it really, it really completely it navigated the conversation away from directing it about me and the need to make me change my mind or change, you know, something that I need. He was pushing his belief system on us. And instead of moving and leveraging and fighting with it, I just, I just yielded. And I noticed that he, his true concern was really about the woman. And then I was like, what, what, it sounds like you're really concerned about her. Would you like to, and then I gave him options around how he could support her and not, not a peep out of him after that. And never once did he bring up that topic ever again. Great. Great. See that, that is the thing is like, so a, a while ago, a couple of years ago, I, I heard that, um, you know, that thing that some parents do or grandparents or friends do. And they're like, call me when you get home or, buckle up or they're, they're kind of nitpicky or they're, or, you know, like excessively worried about you. And I started to think about it in this way, that if I change the word worried to, they care about me, mm-hmm. what does that shift for me? And so when someone's like, buckle up 
or, or did you do this or, or be safe? It's not like this excessive worry piece, but it's like they really care about me and they want me to be safe. So I often say, thank you. I love you too. <laughs> That's my response to those things. Like, be careful when you do this. I'm like, thank you. I love you too. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's disarming. And again, like, I love that you brought that in where you were like, I see that you care about this person. How do you actually want to make change? And again, it's, it's not about pushing against someone's belief system. Like, and, I didn't and if you are belief system. I know, but he wanted you, right? And and oftentimes this is a great, a great, great point. It's like sometimes we're in family situations where a family member is like, you need to do this, or how could you believe this? Or oh, this one's really, really common, right? You have to, and it's and it's like, I understand that this is what works for you for your safety. And I know that you care about me. And this is how I've learned to keep myself safe. And there's seven point, oh no, actually, I was going to say there's like 7.8 billion realities on this planet, but guess what? We just hit 8 billion. So there are 8 billion perspectives constantly changing on this planet. And how can we be with another person in their own perspective? Again, he cared about her safety, right? What he was sharing was fear and shame. What he was actually saying, which I mean, not everyone has the capability of, of seeing what's underneath that, but you were bringing it back to care and love, right? So again, navigating the holidays with love is like, what's the most compassionate approach? What is this person actually saying? What do they want me to know? And it's often that we can get real triggered about something that someone says to us. And if we can take pause for just a moment and get curious, what does this person really want? Does grandma really want care about my weight? No but she cares about her weight and she cares about what that means. She cares probably about how, I don't know. This is a common thing. I don't know if anyone else has this stuff in their family about like weight stuff or like, where are you going to get married stuff? Or when are you going to have kids? Like, does anyone else have that? Oh, (laughs) it's, it's something about like, dynamics and care and, and those things. And so addressing that, like, I know you love me. It's not my belief system. Can you love me for me right now? My, 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 I just want to bring this forward. It was really cute. My mother-in-law wanted us to have kids so bad. We were married seven years before we had children, before we had vision. And (laughs) she literally at Christmas time, so adorable. Like, and I didn't take it personal at all. I just was like, oh my gosh, she just really, I really see her need for wanting children, wanting grandchildren. But she literally gave me a teddy bear, a baby teddy bear for Christmas before I ever had a child. Like, I hope you get the clue that I'm really ready. (laughs) And they would ask us every season, every holiday season. So when? are you, are you, you know, like rooting for it and hoping for it? And I wanted to give them that, but I also knew that it was in our divine timing. And I would literally say that I said, I really hear your needs for grandchildren and it's when we're ready. I love this. Um, can I share with you? Yeah. So my, my awesome mom, um, she's just so amazing. This woman, um, I go to a family holiday, like Thanksgiving many years ago, like or six, I guess. And I get there and and it's a new family. Like she remarried into this family and I hadn't really met them before. And I get there and I'm, I'm, I think I'm the oldest child in like his group of children. And I'm the oldest kid who's unmarried and has no kids. (laughs) And so the family members start asking like, so when are you going to settle down? When are you going to get a partner? When are you going to have kids? And my mom, like, like they're talking to me and she kind of like butts in. She's like, Trish is in school. She's got things to do and she's going to change the world. (laughs) She's just like sass. She's like, like move me out of the way to protect me. And I thought that was an adorable thing because it was just like, I saw not only this person's care, you know, for me, like this person I don't know and her care of being like, these are her values. This is what she's doing. And this is where she's going. And I thought that was like one of the most endearing things. And you know, not everyone has this experience, right? But I love that when you can have kids and she's like subtly like here. (laughs) Good job, grandma. I also wanted to 
make a point of, you know, when you are dealing with someone that maybe has radical different viewpoints than you, you know, I, I have an uncle that every, and it's fine. I find it, I find it like he's joking, but he does it to poke, poke, you know? And so he'll say, he'll say this to me, oh, you know, cause my family are originally from Texas and he, he makes like a radical, like leftist, you know, com- like poke. And he's like, oh, you're from the left, the left coast. That's what he says to me. He's like, so you're from the left coast, huh? And it's just like, wow, you know, that, that I just am blown away by his, his need to say that. And he says it every single year, but I love my uncle and I love my aunt, you know, and they're great people. And I know he's not doing it out of to harm me or hurt me. He's just likes to poke. And so I have to just be kind and, you know, and I, I lovingly poke back. I make jokes with him. And like, I joke about his bald head. Cause I know I can do that. Cause he's my uncle, you know, and I'm like, I'll rub his top of his head and be like, you know, <laughs> and that's just our, the way we banter with each other. But he, you know, again, this man has been in my family since I was I was born, you know, he's older than me. And, and so, but it's, it's out of love, you know, and I choose to stay in love with him and in loving vibration with him instead of take it personal. And that's my work. It's like beginning when it first started happening, I used to feel, feel some type of way about it. And then I realized, you know what, it's, I don't need to take that personal. That's his viewpoint. And I don't need to judge him for that any longer. And I just forgave myself for any judgment that I held about him in the moment. And then it freed me to have a playful connection with him instead, because I was not in that place of inner judgment around how could he say that to me? That's so rude, you know? And instead I was just like, you know, I really want to stay in loving connection with this person. And this is it. These are the two things that you can do with people that may have radical different viewpoints as you is to actually see the loving essence in that person and listen with the ear of your heart hear the loving essence because the truth is is we're all the same we're not different in a sense of like we're all cut from the same cloth of spirit spirit we're one big beautiful being having this life human experience and it may seem like we're separate because we're in different little bodies here but the truth is we're sharing in love's essence and there is no separation it's an illusion to buy into separation. So when judgment surfaces, it's your opportunity to immediately clear it. And you do that with self, self-forgiveness. And that is beautiful because it's like the moment you catch your mind saying like a judgment about, oh my God, they da, 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 whatever it is, right? You could immediately go, oh, wow. And just, you can do this in silence. You can put your hand on your heart and forgive whatever judgment is coming forward in that moment. And it clears your conscience to just be present to what is and feel and connect to the love inside of that person because they have love inside of their heart and they might not know that they're saying something, you know, unintentional, derogatory, hurtful. They don't know, you know, and and some of the times it's an unconscious thing coming forward. And this is where you get to practice radical self-honesty self-honoring choices and freeing yourself from any judgment of what is taking place from their, the experience with them and choose to redirect the conversation to a more loving place that can be free of judgment. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. Um, you know, and, and just to take it to a little slightly more extreme. Um, <laughs> And and sometimes, I mean, that's this experience that we have, like we can find banter. I mean, okay. So in some ways I see judgments as an internal reflection of a person's values and their beliefs. Right. And what I also find is that a lot of the time when I have conflicting beliefs with someone or conflicting values is that it's the same need wanting or the same value kind of wanting to be met, but in very different strategies. Like, like very, very different strategies. So like, I want safety and freedom and connection. And this person also wants safety, freedom and connection, but they're doing it this way. This is how they learned how to do it. And this is how I'm learning how to do it or learned how to do it or change, you know? And so it's like these, these conflicting strategies. Now, redirecting, fabulous. Looking inward, fabulous. And sometimes we get freaking triggered. Sometimes 
the person won't back down and doesn't want to redirect and wants to dig in. And to that, I say, you do not have to put yourself in positions that are going to cause you physical or psychological harm. And in some of these cases, many of these cases, if if it comes down to like, I'm going to need therapy after this, like serious, like weeks of therapy, like, Hey, removing yourself is probably the most compassionate approach here. And it's okay to do that. Let's say your family's really, really triggery and you feel obligated to go visit and you know that it's going to end in a fight because it ends in a fight every year. It's okay to say no and not go. And I only bring this up is because one of my, my clients recently was like, I've gone to, I've gone to Thanksgiving every year for a zillion years and I don't really want to go. I feel obligated to go. And it turns out the same way every year because I don't want to go. And it's building resentment. It's also not their authentic expression to go. It's always really uncomfortable. They're not like participating in the dietary needs of this person. And it's a lot of like shamey, guilty stuff over the holidays. And this year they felt confident to say, I don't want to go. I would rather deal with the consequences of their being hurt and upset by me not participating in the obligatory place of, of holiday, whatever, than to feel that same thing again. And that's a beautiful breaking of the cycle. Now there's some, there's some situations or family situations that are maybe more lit on fire. Like they're lit on fire. Like you're in a conflict with so-and-so and it might not be the right time. Maybe it needs more space to cool down before you put yourself in a high stress trigger conversation. Like if it's hot, if you just had a conversation about who knows? I mean, there's like a zillion different potentials of why people are in conflict. And if if both people can't or all people can't like listen compassionately or take accountability or um, or even just be curious about the other's experience without shaming, guilting or suffocating the with their opinion or their their values it's okay to say no. And I don't know if anyone's given you permission like that, but Hey, if there's friends probably having friend gatherings or friend like friendsgivings or, or Christmases that want to, to love and support you, or maybe it's Hanukkah or maybe it's um, any other sort of like December ish solstice celebrating the solstice. Yeah. Maybe, maybe and celebrate okay. the solstice, right? It's okay not to put yourself in in places of harm. And I'm learning that in in this moment of my life, like for people who watch and and are following me, um, it's like, it's okay. It's okay to self-protect. It's okay to do that. And I, I wish someone may have said this to me, like, I don't know, six months ago, Don, but, but in that sense, like, Hey, what is the most self-honoring choice I can make? And it's okay to be self-honoring and it's different from selfish, right? I'm not like, like Dawn, you, you invite me to whatever. And I'm like, I can't go that day because I have something. And then there's guilt and shame and like finger pointing. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I can't, there's never this. I just want to say Dawn's, you know, you know that I'm always using Dawn as my, (laughs) my example. But so it's like, but it's like that. It's like, oh, you know, I can't do that because it'll look like this and it always looks like this. Or, you know, with Dawn specifically, I get to be like, hey, I would love to do that and I can't. And I'm like, okay, great. I love you. But not everyone gets that experience. So if you need to protect yourself and your children or your family, do that. Start new traditions. Um, be forgiving with yourself and with your family members. Again, these places are often places of like, seeking certain needs or wants or values to be met that are just incredibly different strategies than you have. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That's, you know, it's, it's self-honoring to choose, to choose yourself. And I, I will speak to this. Like I, I had a very difficult relationship with my father and, um, when he was alive, there were a lot of holidays before I got married to my husband. 
you know, I have a wonderful holiday season because my husband's family are incredibly great and we have a great time. It's super loving and amazing experience. So it's, it's really rewritten my holiday experience. Um, but there were many years that I chose to do other things or go to Friendsgivings or if I wasn't um, flying home to the holidays or even when I did still live in Texas, uh, I, you know, I would opt to not go because my dad was there and he was always so mean and rude and say horrible things and it never felt loving or kind. And so, and when I did have to go and I wanted to see the rest of my family, I would just make sure to hang out with the family members that I loved and adored and I had a good time with and felt connected to. And it was enjoyable because I wanted to give myself that experience. And so I would be, I would be on, you know, honoring of our connection. I would say, hello, I would say, I love you, you know? And, but the moment he would start to try to dig in with me, I would just be, I would just exit stage left. I would be like, I'm, I've got to, you know, I'm not, I'm not available for this conversation. I think that's one of the most loving things you can do. So it's do no harm and take no crap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. the, the thing and, that I've been seeing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and finally, you know, by the time I hit 26, I wrote a really powerful letter of just really, um, coming clean with like my behavior and how I showed up and how I could have triggered things in him. But I really owned it and took responsibility for how for my behavior as a young teenager. And also, I really named it in the letter and said, you know, when these things happened, these types of behaviors, I felt this way, all I statements, you know, and really giving my my father an opportunity to see how I truly felt. And, you know, when I sent that letter, it arrived at the perfect time that my actual, my sibling was there when my father got the letter and my father read the letter in front of my sibling and chose to be in victim around it. And how could she do this to me? Da, 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 da. And it gave my sibling an opportunity to fully stand in their power and say, actually, that's actually how it happened. I felt the same way. And it created this big healing ripple effect in my family. And, you know, from that moment forward, my father didn't show up in the same way anymore after that. I, I, it's like I drew the line in the sand. Like you, you cannot say demeaning things to me any longer. I will not be a part of your life if you do. You don't have to tolerate abuse. You don't have to tolerate degrading. I was done being, you know, degraded and demeaned and all the things that took place. And I just had to just say, I will not tolerate this ever again. I'm an adult. You did this all my childhood. I cannot, you know, you're not, a, you're, I'm not available for it. You cannot treat me this way. I love you. And this is my boundary. Mm -hmm. And it created a radical shift. I was actually able to participate in more family, family gatherings. I was able to show up. He didn't, he didn't speak to me that way anymore. He didn't, he didn't say like, he was not attacking. He did not he was really more like, wow, I, I'm going to not see her at all. If I, I have to watch what I say. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. It's okay to be compassionate and watch what you say with other people. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if you um, if you didn't catch last week's show, <laughs> go back because I'm gonna we're gonna talk about accountability for a second, and and that's the thing is like taking accountability for a how you participate or tolerate actions, and if a person can't ex like take accountability for their impact or even like even through consideration taking accountability, and the letter's great so that your dad was able to like lean back and look at or. or Consider the things coming out of his mouth so that he actually kept you in his life. And again, you don't have to tolerate people saying cruel things to you. You don't have to tolerate people demeaning you because they're angry with you. You don't have to tolerate dehumanizations or degradations or poking at your insecurities. Like that, that's not, 
we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> you, you're an adult. And, and you get to choose how you get to, to be treated. You can choose where you put yourself in, in your life. And, and really looking at if you do feel obligated in some places, look at that. Why? What, what is that feeding? Like, what do you get out of that? Um, and when you're triggered, it's yours. It's an opportunity to really work your process around when you're triggered, it's your material surfacing and it's your opportunity to lean in and get clear around what is this and what is this from? Where is this connected to? What do I make it mean about me? And what can, what judgments am I holding about myself that are, this is whole situation is about. And you're, it's, if you do that consistently, every time you're triggered, you're going to heal. You're going to move in a direction of letting go of what has been creating the trigger to begin with. Exactly. And, and just to deal with the trigger immediately, because I know that there's like, you know, like lots of, you know, um, adrenaline and cortisol coming up in your body sometimes. And you know what? The thing that I do is I go to the bathroom, I excuse myself, and I do a hand scream. <sighs> and I just get out all the cortisol and adrenaline. Sometimes I do shaking. So trauma shaking to get the cortisol adrenaline out of my body and to like, <sighs> and what I try not to do, okay, I'll do that for like five or so minutes or I'll go for a walk or I'll, I'll separate myself from the situation so that I'm not running that secular victim or perpetrator mentality thing. I think you, you know, the obsessive thing, that, that thing, go for a walk, <laughs> go shake it out, go scream it out, go do something about it. Because once all of that leaves your body, then the rationale comes back, right? And then you can you think you can come back to a place of like, what is the most loving action here? What is the most compassionate action? What's the most self honoring choice that I can make? What's the most other choice that I like? Other compassionate, loving thing that I can do right now, and and really for the highest, most beneficial purpose of all beings. Like, what is what would that look like? It, does it say, mean like staying and, and continuing to, to take more if I'm being harmed and if this person is being harmed and it's creating rifts within the family? I don't know if that's the most loving action. I wouldn't say so. But, but stopping the harm is, is one big piece. So do your, do your process to get your, your body back in and then, then choose to make a rational choice. Like then choose to go back to like, why am I feeling this? What is it in me that, that's being stimulated and triggered? Like, what is my belief system that's here? What can I do to really walk this path without blaming, shaming, or making that person a perpetrator or a victim? Um, one of the things that I want to go into right now is, is a little bit about forgiveness and acceptance without... Um, perpetuating or participating in harm. And this is up for me. It happens to be up for me right now. Um, around like, how does this, how does this work? How does this, how do you walk this path of like, Hey, I see this person who's got stuff coming up or who, who's upset with me or I'm upset with, how do I see them as a human being who's doing their thing is rocking their life, trying to live their best life in the most compassionate, loving way. And how do I not only protect myself, but also I don't want to participate in more harm. I don't want to participate in my own harm. And that's the thing about that. These, these decisions, it's like, there's, I understand that it's a lot to have these holiday pressures come up. I lost my train of thought. So go ahead. <laughs> I, I, again, I think it's really important, you know, you brought forward compassion and, you know, forgiveness. It's like, okay, this is not, we're not in connection. We're not in communication. They're angry at me. Right. So I, I get this. So this is my opportunity to just be loving towards myself and discover what is my part in this? How am I co-creating to create this reality? 
what and then take take an examination or look at your own behaviors you know this is the foundational spiritual psychology principle how you relate to the issue is the issue and that's yours you cannot do any other person's work you just have to surrender the need to want to fix it for others surrender the need to want to figure it out for others and bring the focus back to self and what am I learning through this exchange? What am I learning through this? What is my soul learning? And can I apply compassion to myself for what is going on? Can I have compassion for the the young one that's hurt by the by the harsh words or or can I have compassion for my hurt feelings or the the rage that's present, right? Cuz sometimes there can just be a lot of rage around you know, poor treatment or harsh words or whatever took place, right? Or if you were the one that said harsh things, that happens too, right? And you you just flew off the handle and got super triggered and said harsh things. And then now you've got the guilt to process, right? Or the shame around that behavior. And so it's really an opportunity to be loving with the part that feels like it's out of control you know, or because the ego is present and bringing forward the parts of self that have been exiled or the young part of self that maybe something really intense happened when you were three or five or eight. And that this circumstance and this conversation is triggering that wounded spot from that time period. And so most of the time when we're triggered, it's really our childhood conditioning sneaking in to say, Oh, it's my opportunity to say, hey, I need some work here, right? And it's an opportunity to be truly loving to yourself. And can you be compassionate to yourself, even if it's undone, even if it's not worked out, even if there's no connection, even if it's it's unresolved, even if, right? Can you choose to say, wow, this is really not how I wanted it to go, but I want to move back into acceptance of what is. Acceptance of myself, acceptance of my behaviors, acceptance of their behaviors, even if it's not the way you want to be treated, but have acceptance for what is so that you can see it clearly and learn to cleanse the lens of your own perception around what is going on. Because if you're clouded by your judgments and your emotional reactivity going on inside, then most of the time it's your learning opportunity and it's your time to lean in and become very, very curious. What do I make this mean? About me or about the About self, about life, about, oh, boom, I make it mean I'm not worthy of love. Boom, I make it mean I'm, I'm, you know, unresolved in this area. I make it mean I'm, I'm not cared for. I make it mean I'm unsupported, right? There's tons of bottom line core beliefs. I make it mean I'm not enough. How, how many people have had a core bottom line belief of I'm not enough? I mean, I, at this point in my clientele, in my coaching experience with my clients, Every single client has had it come forward at some point in our journey of working together. And I've had many year-long clients and still do. And and thank praise God for that. Thank you, God, for that support. And thank you, clients, for the trusting of me to do the deep work with you. And it is so foundational to get to the core bottom beliefs of the really sticky things that have occurred in our life. And maybe it's not child abuse. Maybe it's not abuse. Maybe it's difficult, you know, difficult relationships and difficult relationship dynamics. But when we have those difficult relationship dynamics, it is our core opportunity to learn how we're showing up, how we make it mean things about ourselves, how we're blocking certain aspects to come forward. And where we might be like not having compassion and forgiveness towards ourself. What I wanted just to make a distinction because there is a a piece here around when we say acceptance, it's 
I mean, I'm going to speak for myself is when I say acceptance, I'm saying to acknowledge and address and, 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 and see like, this is what it is. I can, I'm being with acceptance is being with what is now without trying to change it and without trying to make it go back without like manipulating it. It is not the, it is not um, condoning. What was the word? It's not approving anything. Acceptance is not approval. Just want to like make that distinction. Cause sometimes I I think that when we like the idea of accepting something can be like, Oh yeah, I accept that. Like, or approve of that, like accepting an offer. That's Mm -hmm. it's different in this place. I can accept that this is a a particular situation and this is what it looks like. And this is what it looks like for them. And for me, I don't have to approve of my shitty behavior or their shitty behavior. And I don't have to approve of that kind of, that kind of negative behavior structure. I can accept it. That's what what reality looks like. Right. (laughs) Um, Again, we're, we're talking to you about navigating some of the, the harder pieces in, in the holiday structure. We've kind of gone through some of the lighter pieces and, and now we're in some heavier pieces and, you know, there's a lot that can, that can come up. And again, it's about feeling safe. It's about being compassionate and forgiving. It's about you choosing self-honoring choices, which aren't selfish and without, and, and making compassionate choices for yourself and everyone else. It's, it really is about looking at what is the, the highest, most beneficial energy for, for everyone involved. Like if I know that I'm triggery to my sister, do I want to show up at that family gathering is how important is it? What is it going to cause? Like I'm, I'm thinking about all these things. Maybe not everybody else thinks that way. And maybe my need for community connection with my family is incredibly great. And, and I need that. Maybe I can negotiate where she goes later or I go earlier or, or something like that, where we can minimize the conflict. Maybe mom will do that for us or grandma will do that for us. Like there's ways to get creative about how we show up or how we stop participating in harm. And also just what, just to reiterate again, what Don said, it's like really about forgiveness. It is a really triggery time. It can be, it's, it's dark a lot in lots of places where you all are. It can be really cold. It can be really lonely. And to just be really gentle with yourselves and others. We don't ever know what people are really going through. Even if they are posting sad stuff online, we don't know. And even if they're posting happy, happy stuff online, or maybe we just have this idea that this person's sitting there on the couch doing these things against us and when they're really like living their lives. So, so it's those places where we can really find ourselves in compassion and forgiveness for ourselves and each other. I also want to bring forward the opportunity to um, just remember that the holidays are a time to just attune, attune to the love in your heart, attune to spirit, you know, that give us this life. Like every day is an opportunity to have that gratitude for just the, our experience here in life. It's so precious and sacred and and it's an honor to be a human on this planet at this time. And even if life is not the way you perceive it or want it to be, there are still blessings in your life. And I encourage you to lean into that and feel that at this time. Like, what are you grateful for? And what are the blessings in your life? Because I know every single person is blessed beyond measure. Spirit blesses our life in so many ways, right? Like I just praise and bless all parts of my life. And I find that I really made this a practice. And that is what helped radical shifts occur in my life by praising and blessing even the difficult things, even the challenging relationships, even the challenging things that I thought were never going to get resolved. And it was a mystery to how to fix it. 
I started praising and blessing it, praising and blessing the lessons, praise and blessing the opportunity in it, praising and blessing that it's being resolved, even if I didn't see how. I started initiating that energy by believing that in my consciousness. And you are in charge of attuning yourself daily to that. And this time in the holidays is a time to reflect, reflect on the year that has occurred, reflect on all the growth that has happened for you as a soul on the planet Earth, Earth School right now, reflect on the joy and the love and the opportunities in your life, reflect on the growth edges, reflect on what would you like more of, right? And this is a time to lean into that and bring that to your your people. Bring that love and that connection and that invitation to celebrate and honor the sacred gift of life together. That's what this is about, right? Bringing back the light. You know, we're about to come upon the solstice, which is the darkest time of life. And I encourage you to really spark that inner light that you are and really bring forward like the gem and the heart. Your your heart is full of gold and love, right? And even if you've had a challenging life, it's okay because this is your curriculum. Whatever is occurring in your life is your life, a curriculum, and it's here for your learning opportunity. And please, I give you the invitation to start saying, wow, this is my learning opportunity for everything that is occurring. And when you start to do that, things start to change. Gifts start to come into your life. Things start to open up. Blessings start to occur. You start to resolve things that you things that you never thought you'd finish or complete in this lifetime. And that, that's been my blessed experience. And it's a practice. I, I make a practice of that. Of every little thing, everything that comes my way, I feel so much gratitude. I, gratitude is my main practice. Forgiveness and gratitude are like my heartbeat. Well, that's a, a certain cocktail of hormones. <laughs> And hacking your brain that is just juicy. <laughs> um, oh, I love you so much. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for the show. I'm grateful for our viewers. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for the notes that you send as well. You all who, who are watching and listening and, and downloading. And like, our, your notes are so, they're so touching. And, and those really, those are just really lovely to receive. So thank you for those. I want to bring in this last piece as we wrap up is, is again, reaching out to people, getting support that you need, um, offering the support that you can in the capacity, if you have capacity, but really showing up for yourself in the capacity that you have. Being, again, being very gentle and kind and compassionate and, and grateful for the lessons that you've learned. Not all the lessons that we have in, in these years or in these months or maybe even weeks feel good, but we get to choose how we see them. So thank you, Don, for bringing the compassion piece in. If you need help, reach out to someone. If you need assistance finding um, professional support, you can reach out to someone or you can reach out to us. There's a lot of opportunity out there in the world. And if you, if you think that you can't afford it, there are free options for you as well. So the idea that maybe you can't, I can't get those things. There are things out there for you. There are options, opportunities, support, love, friendships, and, and mentorships that are there and available to you. So if you feel alone, please reach out. Hmm. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Well, I'd love to send a big shout out to Don and Summer Reamer, John and Summer Reamer, for Sign Network and sharing us out, for Scott Katamis, Love Coach Academy, and Global Peace Tribe for being muses and for really just supporting and continuing to, to be the hand on our back <laughs> as we walk forward in this. We uh, appreciate and love you. Yes. And thank you so much to Roy and Russell for 
your work and your hard work, your, your focus and attention every week on this show. Don, thank you so much for your friendship and companionship. I love you so much. I love you so much too. Thank you. Happy holidays, whatever you might celebrate. And if you don't, happy days to you. From our hearts to yours. Yes, from our hearts to yours. We love and appreciate you so much. And we just send you so much light through this season. And may you may you rest better. May you recover. May you find healing. May you find spirit's grace. May you find the blessings in your life. May the things you're asking for be healed. May the extra opportunities you're craving come into your world. May you just open your heart to the deepest level of love and unconditional loving that you could possibly receive in this lifetime and know yourself as. And we just invite you to have like the most sacred, blessed holiday, regardless of whatever is occurring in your curriculum, that you can find that inner light and that peace that's within. And I encourage you, you know, what is helpful for me is sometimes I literally just say the word peace and feel it in my body, peace. And I feel it in my body, peace. And that is such a wonderful way to attune yourself to receiving and opening to the gift of life that is you. And don't forget to celebrate that because it's the most miracle thing taking place on the planet is you, your sacred life. You matter. You value, you're valued. You are sacred, precious, holy union with God. There's only one reflection of you. It matters. Your life is holy. Your life is precious. Even if there's fractured pieces and unresolved parts, it's okay. Lean in and bring the love, bring the light, bring the reflection, bring the inner work. You can do it. We have faith in you. Thank you. Have an amazing week. We'll, we'll see, see you in the 